Coronavirus is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control and this news about the new variant has been a uh, an incredibly difficult end to, frankly, an awful year. And it's important for everybody to act, essentially act like they might have the virus. And that's the way that we can control it together. The way ahead is hard. And it is still true that many lives will sadly be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging respiratory virus threats, NERVTAG, has spent the last few days analysing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You might be infectious and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious, assume you might be infectious and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level 5, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further and I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public, um, more families, uh, many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment, for sure. I to say, as I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behaviour.
I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Do it, do it, do it. Yes, I was having problems with the camera earlier. But uh, welcome, 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 everyone. Another uh, Jihad Science Show where we get into it. We get into it. That's what we do. We get into it and uh, get to, oh, try to understand the uh, the science of the day. The uh, Well, I'm not doing geopolitics today, I'm afraid, because um, I want to get through, I'm determined to get through reading two scientific papers. Well, maybe one and a half, because I, I already started the other one and we've... We need to wrap our head around the human endogenous retroviruses and um, what that could mean for long-term progression of uh, prions. Um, so we've, or I've tried to do that in the last week or so. You can go back and watch those streams. But then also I had the Vijon uh, health, uh, Dr. Philip McMillan's conference, and uh, what else did we do? Oh yeah, another another gig spiral stream, <laughs> a couple of gig spirals, I think. And uh, I still got stuff to do with that. And the uh, the what else did I have to do? Ah, I'll think of it. I'm just. <laughs> When it's just non-stop, right? Non non-stop. That's how that's how I feel. And kids have gone back to school and I was sort of you know, I hate to say it, sort of a bit relieved about that, you know, because it it's hot, hot, hot in the summer, it's a tiny, tiny house. Um the electricity 
setup it just isn't isn't geared for so many people using so much stuff and um yes yes ayahuasca man gigawanker keeps pumping out content for us to react to not our fault and look man that that makes for easy content for me but i don't want to just keep doing that because there are these important um, developments with respect to the science and everything that's sort of unfolding right now and look you know i had, I had a whole bunch with i wanted to do with respect to the the conflict in ukraine and you know that seems to be stepping up certainly ukraine is um pushing at the defensive lines we've had the uh, the mass drone attacks at um air bases so it's, it's look <laughs> it's not it's not a hard equation ignite the war uh fuse and that things escalate uh, out of um out of control very very quickly and um i'm you know my my concern my major concerns are that more than anything wait one second cables to my feet um oh, stupid thing all right um yes uh i know there was a hurricane in florida um what i don't get is how come uh like we had a typhoon just as strong as your hurricane uh a few weeks back and uh, japan didn't even flinch yet <laughs> in the us it's just it just looks pandemonium and i don't well you know different strokes for different folks but uh i'm um we could learn from those uh nippon yellow monkeys um all right so anyway i don't want to be babbling away uh too much i want to get into the science and so i think i've framed that correctly which is oh, last week well, let me switch screens and then i will oh yeah <laughs> shout out to you've been nudge for this one so uh i'm in the way there kind of throw myself off screen but totalitarian dystopia looks like uh protected groups and i can put myself back on the screen but yes um super apropos there and uh on point for where where we're heading so um you uh my deplorable friends are <laughs> the minority now you're the minority group that needs uh protecting and i just need to goddamn kids they mess everything tomorrow God, give me a second oh there was no ac Blowing on me, it's uh, trying to feel the heat. Oh, I want summer to end. I want summer to end. Um, all right, um, uh, let's see. Different architecture, we build our houses cheap here in the US. Um, same in Japan, houses are considered disposable commodities basically they're they're sort of class like cars they don't hold value uh, as soon as you've built one it goes down in value and after 25 years they get bulldozed and another one 
hopefully another one springs up in its place. Um, there wood and what have you. So houses houses are very very cheap here. Um, now of course you don't want to if you want to live in Tokyo you're gonna of course have to pay but hey, go go out in the sticks where I, they give houses away in Japan. <laughs> literally, they literally give it away. Uh, live chat dead in the bunker. Is that true? Why it was working. Uh, uh, okay, here's McConnell freezing again, but um, let's take a look at this. Sound. Hang on. Sound. I know why. Did you hear the question, Senator? Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh. That's right. <laughs> that is classic, question, classic Senator? freezing. Running for re-election in 2026. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Oh, no. No, no, no. He's got a... Just, it's, that's elder abuse, man. You see, and he's he's probably loaded up on uh, uh, Cinemet and all other types of cholinergics, and um, okay. even with the drugs flying, you just get this boom, and you get this off. Somebody else uh, have a question, please. Switch. Jesus, he's bad. <laughs> oof, 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 oof. Uh, yeah, so sad to watch, man. Look, it's it's a um, rough, rough disease to be dealing with man uh, look I've, I've stated it before I'll state it again please Allah some massive widow maker explosion inside me not the brain rot please please not the brain rot I don't want it I've seen it too up up too close and um, I don't want to uh, I don't want to have to deal with it why you should everything should be muted on telegram oh you know what i forgot to put alerts on telegram bear with me whilst uh, i do that um what everyone the doc is streaming and then we'll get into uh the science this And let's see. Missing one? Yeah, I am. I am missing one. There. All right, we'll do that. Okay. So let's let's get on with uh, the stream and housekeeping, of course, if you wanted in here. Wondering who I am? That's me, Dr. McCann, Systems Neuroscientist and uh, Renegade Scientist. Now, as we try to pick apart the uh, machinations of the, the the predator class and um, what I do is try to um, go through as, as essentially as they're using 
the bleeding edge of science to uh, assault you so that it's difficult for you to comprehend uh, what's going on and uh, you're being attacked from multiple vectors at the moment i would wager and let me uh, we should refresh this this page is out of date but uh, this is the important page please 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 um if you would like to uh, please bookmark and can dojo keep the doc in the fight uh, you can donate via your usury cards <laughs> what is it what is it white lung's been saying uh <laughs> make zog <laughs> make zog support the doc and uh you can donate via yeah your usury card or gay pal you can become a patreon and uh, buy me coffee subscribe stuff uh cryptocurrencies uh, are all gladly received digital tulips i'll take them and uh, of course you can join the discord now or the gilded chat should you so wish and again a reminder we had uh, a taste again of ai driven censorship just last week now luckily our home on discord was unaffected because of measures that we had taken uh, expecting um, such attacks but that's the type of uh, fleet-footed response we've had to learn the hard way and i was i would just add this i know i need to get into the science but the it's possible now again i don't know how much they're just fucking with you gaslighting you right now but we can see the calls for more vaccines more masks etc it's they're trying okay and in that environment we've seen what they'll do and you know the the fact that we are non-world health organization compliant as we try to call out this nonsense as they do the for the better good uh type no it's not it's it's the illusion of uh for for the for the better good for the better good of the uh community um the um it's it's not working is it i just saw that not work Pah. sorry um the discord's not working you have to do it but they they're they're coming for your mind basically and um and everything else ask uh ask the people in hawaii how that goes when the the super predators decide that they've got something that you want and it, it looks bananas at the moment over there and um you know th that could that could happen in the current environment at the uh, flick of a switch basically um so yeah i also want to remind you that as we're dealing with censorious uh, environments please join the email list um i put notification when i go live out on there and should should something get taken down right i will notify probably via email if it's serious um last week wasn't too serious so you know i didn't want to spam spam people's email boxes too much but you know it's it's the world that we live in now and you know it's not a world that i chose to live in and it's why we go to great lengths to make sure that we have our own uh streaming um servers etc um you have to be you have to think 
a lot of that fight takes place in that uh, digital domain and so you need you need hardware there um to be able to uh, to i want to say organize but i think it's better if we're as a sort of group we can pass information much much better and that's why it's important to have little uh, holdouts and even if we're using corporate stuff right now with respect to discord etc we still have somewhere that we can fall back to um let's see centripede says they have to reduce population so that non-discretionary federal budget goes down social security medicare etc um potentially potentially i i, I don't know how you know <laughs> is it uh is it depopulation? Is it testing? I, I, I really can't say at the moment. I would just say stay out, stay outside the grasp of the corporation. That's that's what I would say. Ah, <laughs> you had enough? No, never enough. GD Bakshi, never enough. Uh, let me just uh, see who that was. And um, yeah, let's let's get it into the science. I'm not doing any. Um, oh, he's come. Oh, thank, thank you, sweet. I, I hope you're well. I hope you're um, hanging in there. You know, I was um, uh, seriously. I was thinking about coming to see you, but now I've got to go and have a lump taken out of my neck in well less than two weeks now. I don't know how that's going to go. So, um, I hope I hope you're um, feeling good. Um, I hope I feel good after they uh, excise that uh, thing in my neck. All right. Um, all those dead people, they don't have to pay those pensions anymore. Yeah, you know what? Look, I'm, I'm not big on the directed energy weapon type uh, theories, right? But is it true that like all, all the uh, bigwigs were painting their houses blue? Is that true? Can someone can someone drop me a link on that? I saw it. I don't know what it was. It was some I was scrolling through as I have to sort of aggregate uh, information, and um, it was like a one of those TikTok little clips, like thirty seconds long, and uh, it was like news headlines that uh, Oprah Winfrey had done a, a, this horrible blue color on a roof, and there's all this stuff about um, these directed energy weapons, not not. Um, absorbing in the uh it, get, it gets reflected black obviously because it's a blue ultraviolet um light but um I, I mean i have to presume that uh if that was true there would be photos and shit everywhere <laughs> and it's a good dog okay i'm okay i'm okay it was just something i saw i was like holy shit is that true is that true i didn't have time to uh oh no you mean am i okay with the lump in my no, uh, look it's been there for many many years you know when it when i got it post-viral infection in my 20s and it just it, like i said glandular fever everything was i was all fucked for months and months and months and then just one lymph node just essentially was, was remained swollen and turned into like a lump of concrete but now it just it's sort of i don't know reacting and the tissue around it is um how would you say uh, you know just swelling and un uncomfortable uh let's see it's bullshit blue would reflect blue laser and a blue laser at that power would be highly visible um 
get the juice. Yeah, that's probably where I saw it in the Telegram. Um, yeah, there's look. I, I don't I, I don't like censoring people, right? If people want to put shit, and the the Telegram is um, it's the wild wild west, and whatever people want to put in there. Um, feel free. Telegram has never censored me or anything, so I'm less than uh, less than um, concerned about the the spurk the spurk quotient in there. Uh, AI Vector says the blue roof thing is baseless, as far as I know. There was a house that survived alone in a whole neighbourhood that had red metal roof. Reason was a band around the house of pebbles instead of grass. Um, can you see my comments, Kev? Yes. All things indefensible. I can see your comments. Um, I don't, I'm not seeing comments on, well, I can see comments, but I don't think they're coming up on the screen from, uh, Discord. I have to, uh, thrash that bleak, um, getting to, uh, work, but, um, oh, that did come through. I am seeing it. Hmm, it is working. All right, uh, let's see. Anna says, sent a bunch of coffees. Why didn't it trigger? Uh, oh, maybe maybe that was, that old one was um, Karma Dark, maybe last week. Maybe the page didn't update. Uh, it's, it's logging me in again. Maybe that was you, Yana. Um, yes, it was you. And, of course, uh, White Lung Kung Fu with some pesos uh, two days ago. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, much, much appreciated. Five coffees, five raccoon treats for the dog. All nice. Um, let's see. White Rabbit 50 says, I've burned things with all available wavelengths of laser. Video is pure clickbait. Genius, but clickbait. Yeah, man. Like I say, I, I'm, I, I, go for the more simple explanations first before <laughs> space lasers, <laughs> I guess. I'm sure they are space lasers. But uh, this, um, you know, it was just, it looked, dry as fuck anyway but did they did they torch it i don't think you need i don't think you need space lasers when you've literally got the uh <laughs> there are loads of fire bugs out there that love setting fire to shit um <laughs> it's just uh just give them a can of petrol and a and a lighter and off they go um Right, looking forward to hers. I seriously need to understand this. Thank you for your good work, indispensable to me. Yes, let me try and get to that. So um, we were looking at this paper last week. Again, there's new stuff coming out, which um, this paper, uh, you know, my take on it was um, interesting research. Um, it's not demonstrated in vitro it's purely based on computational studies but um, intriguing nonetheless that the n protein uh, expresses an epitope oh, i can't remember if it was in the n terminal domain something like that which targets uh cd147 and cd147 uh if i still have the tab open uh where'd it go uh, um oh no i've changed it um no that's right isn't it that's again no um no, i think that is right baskin right but i i remember i remember it being more um 
more in the bone marrow. Eh, we'll see. Let's 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 see what uh, how good the doc's memory is. Not very good. Um, take your time, why don't you? But anyway, the the point was that this this article no, this article um, provided a very uh, oh, I say. It's, it's, again, it's a nice hypothesis. They go to great lengths to say that they've established a official hypothesis. Um, but the there's other studies which have pointed at the spike protein as being able to bind to CD147. And um, this was just another arrow, I guess, being fired by a theoretical arrow being fired by uh, the peptides made by SARS-CoV-2, which could potentially explain the immune, that the dysregulation in immunity that was spotted very early on, right? And the drop in protonic storm. I don't know if he's still, still around and listening, but... Um, you know, he 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 did a good thing and just sort of aggregating that data and showing the drop in white blood count uh, with respect to SARS and you know there were even sort of comparisons with respect to HIV and because we have this overlap with HIV epitopes etc in SARS and that seems to be a unique feature with respect to um, these coronaviruses. I know I saw someone in the in Twitter I think arguing that. Um, it's not the only virus which has them and basically pointed at RATG13 and RATG13 as a virus has lots and lots of problems, meaning that uh, all the samples uh, have disappeared. Um, there's none left to test. And the sequencing data was sketchy. And of course, uh, we have to thank Diao basically for um, his work in sort of teasing apart this molecular biology. And so SARS remains a uh, standout, SARS-CoV-2 remains a standout pathogen with respect to HIV-like homologies and epitopes. And that, again, sort of pushes us at the moment to look at this through the biowarfare lens and I don't think um, we're looking at a vaccine. Um, I love Clucky who's make makes that argument a lot on Twitter but um, I'm with Charles on this that it it's too it's too risky a uh, backbone or pathogen to be saying that you're going to make a live attenuated vaccine with and you know the, I've come across this well you know it's the kind of giga spiral argument which is well you know we're we're surrounded by coronaviruses and um we don't have a problem with them and I'm not I'm not so sure that's the case right we know that there are whatever seven human associated coronaviruses and I was just sort of we we looked at a paper, I want to say last week or the week before, where there was, uh, it, it was looking at OC47 and it was, it was an early paper and, and perhaps, 
you know, again, hindsight being twenty twenty. But the argument was that it may have been involved in um, hyperexcitability via um, dysregulation of glutamatergic signaling, which was uh, a sort of leading hypothesis for Parkinson's when I saw when I when I started my PhD. Basically, I, I think um, I don't think it's completely dismissed, but um, we tend to now that the focus is more on um, dysregulation in protein uh, metabolism, I guess, and the emergence of um, misfolded prions, basically. And those are involved in all manner of neurological, etc. disorders. And that's, that's the sort of state of the art. And um, we... So I was digging a bit more, and you know the the general consensus is that all of the human coronaviruses have neuroinvasive potential, um, but it depends. It seems to be um, it it has a variability around it. So, like OC forty three is considered one of the more serious circulating coronaviruses, and as I was sort of digging around, and I should do it as a stream um they they're looking at that as a cause for multiple sclerosis and um i was looking at one study which basically there was a very very high correlation in autopsied brains with oc43 and what is um essentially a demyelinating condition and so the the premise that these are just colds um should be you know it's it's more complex than that and so that's that's how we've got to look at SARS so we're looking at something that's got high transmissibility high potential for neuroinvasiveness and the epidemiological signature is that we see a um, large cohort suffering with su sustained symptoms post-infection that point towards central nervous system dysregulation and immune dysregulation now the virus being the virus etc you know we have to come to terms with that in the environment etc there's always going to be a trade-off right and so not everyone got multiple sclerosis in exposure to oc43 um, I would make presumption it's just a, a small subgroup, but if they've taken all these different properties for coronaviruses, tied them all up together, and put them into something like SARS-CoV-2 as a as part of their weapons research programs, uh, in order to make the countermeasure, um, we, we need to look at this. We have to have a very nuanced view of the literature now. Of course, a lot of people are concerned about the medical countermeasures themselves. Um, I'm very concerned about the uh, approach that they've taken, that they've gone and gene transfected billions with an amyloidogenic producing peptide, and it's it has a tendency to go where it likes. We looked at, or we spoke with Christy Grace, and you know how the charge on the lipids can affect where it goes in the body and how the just the 
complex chemistry just in the handling of those agents make them unpredictable and unsuitable for just wide uh, wide use mass use on the public and perhaps is a uh, one of the one of the reasons why we're seeing such a broad range of adverse event type profiles and so um, a new paper has come out I want to um, credit Igor Chudov uh, for alerting me to this one. Um, please, uh, if you follow Igor on his Substack, um, he does. Uh, it's one of the better Substacks to follow. And you know, he's again, he's one of those people who isn't within ensconced within the academies, the systems, corporate systems. I would say, and has you know smart dude who's come and sort of attacked this problem and we should be eternally grateful for all these all these people that have turned their attention to these uh, to these problems and um yeah i can't i can't say enough good words for igor it's um i look forward to you know if when i see his substack come out it's always usually something interesting and this was in his substack today so this is looking at vaccines and their um, impact in children on immune response to multiple pathogens, basically, and <clears throat> how to, well, to, to summarize, the paper basically is ambiguous in its conclusions because they don't, they don't discuss what the result really means which is that they have something called a heterologous immune response as a consequence of exposure to Pfizer-BioNTech. And basically, when they say heterologous immune responses, it's, it's ambiguous to what it means because you could interpret it as being good or bad. And they don't go there with respect to what it means. They just say it's heterologous, which is a shame. Now, it might be that, again, they realize these are researchers with the best of intentions and are just trying to get the word out and realize they've got to play the publishing game. Um, and so, well, I don't know. Again, I'm just <laughs> looking at the... Um, the wording here. So vaccines can have beneficial off-target heterologous effects that alter immune responses to and protect against unrelated infections. The heterologous effects of COVID-19 vaccines have not been investigated in children. Now, um, as I was just saying, heterologous, it can be good or bad. And in this, in this paper i guess they're leaning into these changes to your child's immune system to pathogens that in normal circumstances right you you have to tune the immune system right the kids have got to go out play in the dirt interact with animals etc that's all there to sculpt and harden a very very plastic system in the body and you know you're gonna you're gonna harden it in some aspects and, and in in that process you might be i don't know maybe leave yourself susceptible to oc43 and developing 
multiple sclerosis. We, we don't know, but generally, as, as a population, I would, I would favour the natural immunity landscape for healthy for healthy children now of course some kids are going to have problems and you know maybe you want some medical intervention here so already i'm i'm disliking the paper with respect to how it's framing heterologous changes as nothing but beneficial now um you know but i'm trying to think of what would be an example of beneficial so like there's arguments that, that live viruses right you vaccinate with live viruses it, it sort of has crossover effects and at the beginning of the pandemic there were people who were um claiming that those who had had uh, bcg vaccination a specific type of um bcg vaccination um we were faring better and i remember them using east germany or, or the, what would have been the former east german territories as an example of that and um yeah i'm i'm not i wouldn't argue with the fact that they do find these non-specific beneficial effects in um in large populations um the well, let's let's keep reading on and um, see what we can extract from this. So I haven't. Um, I just sort of scanned the paper. I got the gist of it. So, um, and you know, the my feeling was that it was uh, ambiguous. But actually, reading the first thing, it's uh, it's less um, <laughs> less ambiguous now. Uh, so they invade, their aim was to investigate heterologous and specific immunological effects of BNT162B2 COVID-19 vaccination in children. That's Pfizer to you, Untermensch. Um, I still have bottles um, laying around, plenty of them. Um, I've just got some cold-chained, cold-chained, sealed, uh, Providence-known, every step tracked, and we're just about to have them tested for uh, DNA contamination. So um, what did they do? They did a whole blood stimulation assay, assay to investigate in vitro cytokine responses to heterologous stimulants, killed pathogens, toll-like receptor ligands, and SARS-CoV-2 antigens, samples from 29 children aged 5 to 11 years, before and 20 days after a second B end of Pfizer vaccination were analyzed. Samples from eight children were analyzed six months after vaccination with Pfizer. At vaccine 2 plus 28 days, interferon gamma and monocyte chemoattractant protein 1 response to S. aureus E. coli monocytogens, BCG vaccine, H. influenza, hepatitis B antigen, poly IC and R848 stimulations were decreased compared to pre-vaccination. Now, I don't know. I don't know if you want to decrease those... Uh, <laughs> 
folks' reactions, um, if you want my opinion. For most of these heterologous stimulants, interleukin-6, interleukin-15, and interleukin-17 responses were also decreased. There were sustained decreases in cytokine responses to viral, but not bacterial, stimulants six months after Pfizer vaccination, cytokine responses to irradiated SARS-CoV-2, and spike glycoprotein subunits S1 and S2 were increased at V2 plus 28 days for most cytokines and remained higher than pre-vaccination responses six months after Pfizer vaccination for irradiated SARS-CoV-2 and S1. I wonder why they were irradiating it. Seems, um. There was no correlation between Pfizer vaccination-induced anti-SARS-CoV-2 receptor binding domain, IgG antibody titer at V2, 28 days, and cytokine responses. Conclusions. Pfizer vaccination in children alters cytokine responses to heterologous stimulants, particularly one month after vaccination. The study is the first to report the immunological heterologous effects of COVID-19 vaccination in children. And again, um, they framed it as it being a good thing in their um, abstract. And I'm less than convinced. Now, again, um, please keep in mind that this is um, an assay and you're just trying to infer from, it's an in vitro test, so we don't know how it really pans out in, I mean, it gives us an indication of how or what happens in the in, in children um, in this instance. But um, it's it's disturbing to me that we can see this type of response being measured, um, we get an ambiguous publication in a specialist journal, which is Frontiers in Immunology. It's going to fly under the radar of most people, and you're going to be... Um, you're reliant on someone like Igor combing the literature... <laughs> And picking something like this out, so um, they don't, they haven't done enough to say whether this is good or bad, in my mind. So let's let's dive in and see what we can pass from it with their background. So, in addition to antigen-specific adaptive immunity to the target pathogen and cross-protective immunity to related microbes, e.g. protection against Mycobacterium tuberculosis and Microbacterium leprae induced by Microbacterium bovis-derived Bacillus chamaeotegerin, I guess, BCG, vaccines have off-target heterologous effects that protect against unrelated pathogens. In high mortality settings, live attenuated vaccines are associated with, with reductions in all-cause infant mortality, greater that can be attributed to vaccine-specific protection alone. The reduction in all-cause mortality in high mortality settings is proposed to be due, at least in part, protection against infections unrelated to the vaccine target. Trained immunity, the process by which innate immune cells such as monocytes develop immunological memory through metabolic and epigenetic changes, is one proposed mechanism by which vaccines exert heterologous effects. Understanding heterologous effects and trained immunity and harnessing positive heterologous effects has the potential to extend vaccine-induced protection to a diverse array of pathogens.
um, let's just uh, <laughs> let's leverage uh, the. I just want to see what. Um, So, heterologous vaccination, also known as heterologous prime boost or mixed dose vaccination, refers to administering vaccines from different platforms or manufacturers to stimulate an immune response against a particular pathogen. This approach has been researched for various pathogens, including SARS-CoV-2 virus, responsible for COVID-19. Below are some positive and negative aspects of heterologous vaccination, although it's important to consult up-to-date peer-reviewed studies for the most current information. Enhanced immune response. Studies have suggested that heterologous vaccination can generate a broader, more robust immune response. For example, a study conducted by University of Oxford suggested that combining AstraZeneca's adenovirus-based COVID-19 vaccine with Pfizer's mRNA-based vaccine appeared to produce a strong immune response. Flexibility in vaccine supply. Well, this is just corporate. <laughs> Using different vaccines may use logistical problems. Potential to overcome variants. Some evidence suggests that a broader range of antibodies and T-cells generated through heterologous vaccination might be more effective against emerging variants of a virus. Um, negative aspects, increased side effects. Some early studies indicate that heterologous vaccination may result in increased reactogenicity, i.e. short-term effects like fever, fever, fatigue or localised pain. However, these side effects are generally manageable and short-lived. As of my last update in September 2021, there were limited data on the long-term efficacy and safety of heterologous vaccination regimens. More research is needed to make comprehensive recommendations. Um, uh, regulatory and policy changes, the use of heterologous vaccine regimens may complicate public health messaging and create challenges in vaccine passport <laughs> or certification systems that were not designed to accommodate mixed-dose vaccination. While heterologous vaccination aims to provide a more robust immune response, the opposite might also occur in some cases, and this could leave individuals less protected than anticipated. Expand... Um, point four of negative aspects. What are those with respect to well, cytokines, right? Um, cytokine imbalance. Yes, yes, yes. We know about what cytokines are, where multiple vaccine platforms are used. There might be a risk that the expected cytokine response doesn't manifest as anticipated. This can include inadequate activation. Cytokines like interferons, interleukins and growth factors are necessary for activation of various immune cells, including T and B cells. If the heterologous vaccines fail to generate a balanced cytokine response, then the necessary immune cells may not be adequately activated. Cytokine storm on the flip side, uncontrolled, yes, immunosuppression. Some cytokines 
vaccines have immunosuppressive effects if a heterologous vaccine strategy would do, it goes on and on and on all right uh, we'll let that um fill out so it's a long complex topic and um again my um immediate concern about this paper is it's just it's a good thing it's a good thing that they've seen this change now um that should uh it's just a conflict of interest. KP has received research grants from Aravax, DBV Technologies, Novartis, Cielta, and consultant fees from Aravax paid to their institute outside submitted work. Right, so um, immediately you can just take the conclusions and the tone of this paper as very, very suspect um, with that. All right, so... Um, you know, and look, I don't want to be the one saying that in areas where there's poverty and disease and it's difficult to get uh, functioning sewage systems there. Maybe maybe a live attenuated measles vaccine is uh, preferable to the harms induced on um, young kids. Um, and, you know, I don't want to be going against a broad area of... Uh, literature and um, I don't want to say well understood science but um, what is um, what's extant and the current state of the art um, Uh, yeah, so they're talking about high mortality settings. Trained immunity, the process by which innate immune cells such as monocytes develop immunological memory through metabolic and epigenetic changes is one proposed mechanism which vaccines exert heterologous effects. Understanding heterologous effects and trained immunity and harnessing positive heterologous effects has the potential to extend vaccine protection to a diverse array of pathogens. Well, I, I, I've yet to be convinced that suppressing... Suppressing the um, cytokine response is a good thing. Uh, Maples, good to see you, bro. Uh, says, fuck that noise, and I'm saying it as a third order. <laughs> that deserves a... Uh, let's see, there's a whole bunch going on here. Um, uh, let's see, ambiguity equals fishy, fishy, fish. Yes. Hello, I come to hit the fear porn down a bit if needed. I'm in the all human coves of freaking lab origin agents. <laughs> uh, let's see, Doc Monotti broke Kui's mind. Um, I don't know who that is, Monotti. By the way, we already saw some of the changes inherited up to four generations with another LMP mRNA platform. They fucked up the response to bacteria and or fungi. Um, that was in Murai model. We're now looking at human pediatric model. Uh, fuck these monsters, I think that would say. Um, yes, I agree. And also locked the viral response like OSA-like. I'm not sure what you mean by OSA-like. Maybe Chief Gigapost Turtle and Bogbrush can team up to make some fake boobs. <laughs> what? Oh. Um, for all diversity, Eco-Griff to trap a few more normie souls for the louche god. <laughs> what? I don't know what to make of that. Um... 
Maple says, laughing my ass off, these piece of shit excusing heterologous COVID vaccination is something I will never forget. It was mostly done to muddy waters regarding regarding adverse events being reported. Yep. Sounds like what I'm dealing with, fatigue and pain. If it wasn't weed and Tylenol and hot baths, I wouldn't be able to get out of bed. But I do, and I grab my own and keep fighting. You keep fighting! <laughs> How do you say your name? I bet you blank go wog! Um... Oh, oh, original antigenic scene. Thank you. Um, thank you, Maples. Um, the COVID-19 pandemic has prompted a resurgence of interest in the heterologous effects of BCG and other vaccines. Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, um, there was some uh, data. Additional, I, I'm not sure if it held or not, but um, which maybe said BCG was protective. Um, and compounds. Heterologous immunological effects following vaccination have been explored in several studies by assessing in vitro cytokine responses to heterologous antigens. Two small studies have reported on heterologous effects of COVID-19 vaccines. One study in adults reported that following adenoviral COVID-19 Chadox vaccination, monocyte pro-inflammatory cytokine and chemokine production and glycolysis is enhanced in resting states as well as in response to unrelated stimulants. So an overactive immune response, even when it's not needed, I'm not sure that's a physiological target we should be aiming at, but they, they think differently. Um, COVID-19 mRNA-based vaccines have been reported to modulate transcriptional profiles in monocytes from adults. To date, the heterologous effects of COVID-19 vaccines have not been investigated in children. And let's let's not forget this paper, which was saying that um, monocytes and CD147 um, would be a target in SARS virus infection. And that would essentially cause immune cells to apoptize and and basically they they describe it as an acquired immune deficiency syndrome and potentially long term and the covid nineteen specific vaccine and heterologous immunity in MIS Bear, Cozy Bear study, we investigated the heterologous and specific immunological effects of Pfizer vaccination. In children, well, I'm not going to read their methods too much. Uh, sample collection, yeah, we know it's just blood and them obviously just dropping in the um, peptides or bacteria, virus, antigens. Um, yeah, 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 okay. So a total of 112 children were pre-screened for eligibility, of whom 37 had already received a COVID-19 vaccine and 18 did not reply to further contact. <laughs> um, what happened to that 18? Of 52 children invited by the trial team to be assessed for eligibility at the first visit, 51 were eligible for inclusion and enrolled in the trial. Enrollment was completed between 20th January and 1st February 2022. 50 children received Pfizer vaccine as part of the Cozy Bear trial. Overall, the median age of first vaccination was 6.4 years. 
Of the 47 children who provided the blood sample of vaccine date 1, 21 were female and 32 did not receive BCG in the Miss Bear trial. Three children were SARS-CoV-2 NCP reactive at the first visit, 8 at V228 and 7 at V2 plus 182, all were excluded in the primary analysis. Therefore, 29 children with paired samples were included in the final analysis. Pfizer vaccination is associated with a decrease in bacterial and viral stimulant-induced cytokine response one month after vaccination. Um, let's see. Maple says that's part of what we're seeing. Remember the upregulated PDL1 vax to displaying aspects of immune exhaustion. Mm. Yeah. Look, man, um, I feel terrible for people that offered up their children in this manner when, you know, the correct scientific response was, we don't know enough about these therapies, uh, the pathogen itself. And it, in my mind, it should have been early treatments. And if you really thought that there was an at-risk population, try this therapy in those people not children. I mean, by 2022, we had a pretty good idea that it didn't impact children that badly compared to other groups. Now, does it hit children? Yes. Do some people have a bad, some kids have a bad time of it? Yes. Um, it's incredibly tragic. Those kids um, should have been uh, protected from the predations of the biowarfare medical countermeasures industries. Um, but um, here we are, and now because of it, they've gone and um, caused a significant modulation to to pathogens in the environmental pathogens, opportunistic pathogens. Comparing cytokine response between V1 and V2, 28 showed that Pfizer vaccination resulted in increased response to SARS, S1 and S2 stimulations for several innate inflammatory and adaptive cytokines, as well as some chemokines. So in, in this instance, they're saying that that's a good thing, right? We upregulated to SARS, which was the target pathogen. The cytokines with the largest increase were interleukin-6, interleukin-15, GMCSF, interleukin... I don't know what all these cytokines are. <laughs> There's so many. Uh, interleukin-10, interleukin-12P70, interleukin-2, interleukin-13, as well as chemokines, MIP1-beta, and RANTS. Changes in S1 and S2 stimulation responses were greater following Pfizer vaccination with increased cytokine responses. Also observed for TNF-alpha, GCCF, PDGFBB, VEGF, FGF basic, interleukin-4, interleukin-17, and IP10. BNT 16.2 B2 vaccination largely did not alter cytokine responses to NCP stimulation, although there were increases in interleukin-9, eotaxin, and RANTS for SARS-CoV-2-specific stimuli. MCP1 was the only analyte that dis decreased following Pfizer vaccination, and this occurred in response to ISARS and NCP stimulation. I wonder what NCP is. Hello? 
No, I don't want to leave forts on there. Go away. Oh. <laughs> Go away. How, what's going on? Someone taking over my PC? Oh, I know what it is. Bloody kids. Auto clickers. <laughs> Task manager. Come on. Ah, I've got to put my... <laughs> I fucking hate Roblox. I've activated the... Okay. Bing. Right. Uh... End task. Thank you. <laughs> oh, bloody kids! <laughs> Am I, am I still on the uh, same paper? Um, no, I'm not. Um, um, oh, I've lost the I've lost the paper now. Ah, you wait till those kids wake up. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. I think this is it. Right, what were we looking for? Control F N C P Nuclear capsid protein. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Alright, so Um, the Pfizer vaccination largely did not alter cytokine responses for nucleocapsid protein, although there were increases in interleukin eotaxin rants. For SARS-CoV-2 stimuli, MCP1 was the only analyte that decreased following Pfizer vaccination, and this occurred in response to uh, ISARS and nucleocapsid protein. Now, um, I'm guessing... Individual cytokine response to whole blood stimulations 28 days after Pfizer vaccination. All right, let's look at this. So basically, we're seeing a lot of interleukins, and um, I guess this is all the... Um, pathogens that they're testing so s2 s1 nucleocapsid sars poly ic hep b salm whatever 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 um, bcg and um so interleukin 6 goes up but interleukin 6 goes down significantly for well, we need um, bcg is obviously Tuberculosis, Staphylococcus aureus, Hepatitis B, Poly IC, I don't know what that is, or R848. Um, interferon gamma goes down for essentially all those. That's that's essentially the result of the paper. Interleukin 15, I would guess. See, it goes up for SARS and then down for all these other environmental pathogens. 
Um, we should read exactly what each one is, but um, uh, maples will know. Uh, let's see. Can you give them their own Windows account to log in and save your settings? Um, it's just I could do, but hopefully now summer's ending, they're not going to be on Daddy's computer so much. They're at, they're back to school and what have you. Um, let's see. Maple says, along with obvious advantages, heterologous immune response leads to imbalanced memory T-cell repertoire, replacement or immunodominant epitopes with minor ones, allowing viruses to evade immune response that result in virus persistence or conversely, fulminant infection course. Another threat of heterologous immune response due to switch in dominant repertoire of recognizable epitopes is presented by random self-epitope recognition, which can lead to development of autoimmune pathology. Heterologous immunity can also disrupt drug-induced tolerance in organ and tissue transplants and lead to graft rejection. Heterologous immune response should be taken into consideration while developing and using new vaccines, especially in adults and elderly. Um, yeah, uh, again... To just see this type of response in children, especially when they need to be developing their their own natural immunity, is concerning. Now, I I don't know if he got well. You know, it does. His newsletter was how should we say um, melod? I don't know, melodramatic, dramatic in the. He he basically states that Pfizer's causing vaccine-acquired immunity deficiency syndrome. Um, I'm not sure that this paper precisely says that. Um, there's obviously this down-regulation in response to all these other pathogens. Um, and, you know, were they, were they just looking at SARS and they hadn't done these other tests, they would have said, ha-ha, look, we've increased the cytokine signaling for these specific um, SARS-related pathogens. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. We've, we've received the, uh, the correlate that we were looking for in our um, test samples. Yep, we've got all this data shifted the other way. And I'm not an immunologist by any stretch, but, you know, the... It makes my eyebrows raise when I see such a shunt in the other direction for these. Um, what are you're going to come in contact with them, right? It's just it's just part of the human existence. Now, you know, maybe some come in contact less than others, but again, you know, the whole point of uh, immune system is that it's co-evolved with you and co-evolved with these pathogens such that um you can um you're you're geared up ready to defend against them now you know sometimes you need a little bit of help some antibiotics or whatever an antiviral maybe um i'm trying to think of how this would be a good response in children Uh, oh, fuck's sake, we have to be aware of what AIDS is and not all immune deficiencies are AIDS. Yes, 
Um, asked Nick about it. It costed a lot of lives to come up with definitions. Yes, I I agree. And like I say, if uh, Igor, I love Igor. I do. Um, he does great work. But I w- I would be circumspect about saying. putting it in the bracket of AIDS, right? It, it's what this paper did, right? And it's this study is just a computational study. And um, I'm, I'm leery of how people would use the data right now. Is it a good thing? No, no, it's not. And is, is there a... And immune deficiency yes i think that's been demonstrated clinically is it permanent i'm not so sure that in some people obviously there is a long-term impact and we've got to look at those who have the post-viral um state the long hauler state and i would presume there to be some immune dysregulation now i would make the argument that the subjective component of that state is a central nervous phenomenon. Um, and that points to there being some inflammatory ongoing process in the brain. And in in the flame of inflammation, protein misfolding occurs. Now, um, as I was pointing at... Um, What I wanted to sort of get to when I was talking about, uh, of course, save. Um, maybe I can just. Damn power cuts! This <sighs> and this. So, you know, in in the one example, right, where we see early, early onset neurological disorder that we have a, how should we say, um, of course. Now, you're going to have to excuse all the beeps and uh, whatnot as hard drives come online. Um... Uh, using just a cold bro, safe and effective, is the opposite side of airborne AIDS vase. Yes, yeah, I, I, I would agree. Um, I would agree vehemently. And, you know, there's... Because... What do... We're trying to formulate or or reject the hypothesis that this is a biowarfare product. And so at the moment, we can't. And we have to look at the nature of it. And I would, at a sort of group level, I don't know, Twitter network type level, all the time that you go around and push the worst elements onto that hypothesis makes it harder to for us to nail it down. Have they gone for immune dysregulation? 
Absolutely. I think I think that's um, very, very obvious now. But what's the nature of that immune dysregulation? And, you know, does it mean everyone gets AIDS or vaccine-acquired AIDS after exposure? Um, I'm not so sure. Now, you know, this, this data um, is more concerning to me than this computational um, manuscript. Uh, this is real children's blood, real quantitative measures, etc., etc. Um, this, but does it mean that those children are permanently harmed? Mm, I'm not so sure. I mean, they, there's a figure, should be a figure for um, later, right? That day 182 um that's looking at spike anti-rbd mm, they don't look at other uh responses long term mm, that's problematic uh, uh okay so the eight children who had paired samples from v1 v2 and 182 and who remained nucleocapsid negative were included in this analysis so this is six months after vaccination there were modest changes of v2 and 182 compared to vaccine one stimulation with c albicans altered several cytokines a v2 plus 182 compared to v1 so um c albicans of course is um yeast right and so um I don't want to hit the uh, it's all it's all HIV, but that's one of those signature advan oh, not advantageous, but uh, <laughs> pathogens that are, that can take advantage should your immune system be um, impaired, and so the the fact that we we would see a altered cytokine signaling for yeast eh, that's you know it's not not a great sign i would say um does it give a measure yeah i don't i don't see um time series data for that so So, yeast may be problematic. Uh, da, 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 where were we? Stimulation with C albicans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interleukin 1 beta, interleukin 1 RA, interleukin A, FGF basic, interleukin 12, P7. Oh, so go look up what they do. And decreased MCP1 and eotaxin responses. Okay, were all altered. Interleukin 8 was also increased in response to several bacterial stimulations, including. BCG, E. coli, and Haemophilus influenza at V2 plus 182 compared to V1. Fig 4, all right. Where's the... Oh, I see. Uh, but we don't have the figure legend. So I'm guessing this is early and this is late. Let's 
So BCG is increased, innate inflammatory. Um, now this seems counterintuitive to the. Can I get out of this? To this figure up here. Where these are all lowered, pip back, interleukin, interferon. Well, let's try and look for interleukin six and interferon. Rest. Oh, skip. Interleukin six. See here, it says it's increased, and I'm guessing this is the late six month. What was the other one? Feel gamma, right? Ba -ba 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 -ba. And here it's decreased. <laughs> Individual cytokine response to whole blood stimulations are 28 days. A innate inflammatory adaptive mixed C chemokine categories. Yep, okay. Yeah, it's it's um, multifactorial. I, I would interpret this graph as saying that, um, like I say, interleukin six, IFN, tumor necrosis. No, interleukin fifteen were all decreased. Eh, is that represented here? Yeah, so you've got the same sort of cross-correlation matrix, and here here it's much lower at 28 days, and then seems to rebound, rebound at the six-month. So maybe that's why they're saying it's a good thing. That's That's the only way I could interpret that. All right, so we're not interested in SARS-CoV. Let's see what they say in the discussion. So the main findings of our study are in children that Pfizer vaccination alters heterologous bacterial and viral cytokine responses 28 days and 182 days after primary vaccination schedule compared to pre-vaccination. The effect of Pfizer vaccination on heterologous immunity persists for viral but not bacterial stimulants. There is no correlation between the heterologous immunological effects and vaccine-specific IgG responses to Pfizer. Our study provides unique information regarding the heterologous effects of COVID-19 vaccination in a pediatric population. Our study showed that in children, SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccination decreases inflammatory cytokine responses, interferon, MCP, IL-6, ILA, IL-15, to heterologous bacterial, fungal, and viral re-stimulation. A preprint of a study in 16 adult healthcare workers reported heterologous effects of the same 
mRNA-based vaccine used in our study. The study in adults found decreases in interferon and interleukin-6 production after stimulation with heterologous stimulants of bacterial and viral origins and increases in inflammatory cytokine production after C. albicans stimulation, in keeping with our findings. Using a replication-deficient adenovirus COVID-19 vaccine, Murphy et al. showed contrasting results. Chadox's NCOV-19 vaccination of 10 adult volunteers was associated with increased interleukin-6 MCP1 interferon production after toll-like receptor or lipid polysaccharide, PAM, yeah, whatever, and mycobacterial M tuberculosis stimulation. The inconsistencies between our findings and that of Mephitel may reflect the difference in vaccine performance or age of participants. Yeah, and the fact that there are these differences, it's interesting data to have for sure, but I would be very, very nervous about... Um, you know what appears to be a drop and then a um some rebound which i i'm guess they're latching onto that 6 month rebound and saying that's the that's the positive here SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccination in mice and humans resulted in enhanced innate immune responses including enhanced plasma interferon concentrations after the second vaccination the RIG MDA5 IFNAR1 signaling pathway is essential for interferon and other cytokine such as interleukin, interferon, MCP, MIP1 beta production and innate and adaptive cell activation after Pfizer vaccine in mice. The activation of this pathway results in interference between cytosolic RIG1-like receptor and membrane-bound toll-like receptor signaling and to increase susceptibility to respiratory disease in viral and bacterial co-infections. Mm -hmm. Possible mechanism for the decreased heterologous cytokine response after Pfizer vaccination observed in our study is interference by Pfizer-induced RIG1 interferon pathway on pattern recognition receptor-mediated responses to heterologous ligands. COVID-19 mRNA-based vaccines have been shown to modulate transcriptional profiles in innate immune cells, generating a unique mixture of myeloid cells, cells which have been associated with enhanced resistance against heterologous viruses. Our results add to the evolving evidence that SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccine reprograms both adaptive and innate immune responses. Yeah, um, that's an ambiguous sentence there is that I, i'm not it's not coming across to me that that's a good thing at the moment we showed evidence of temporal associations between pfizer vaccination and altered heterologous effects we hypothesized that another way to demonstrate this association might be by showing a dose response relationship between pfizer vaccination and altered heterologous effects this was the rationale behind performing the correlation analysis between anti-RBD, Ig antibody titer, and heterologous stimulation cytokine response. There was no consistent correlation between Pfizer vaccination-induced anti-RBD, IgG antibody titer at V2 plus 28 days and cytokine responses. This may suggest that the mechanism driving these responses may not be directly interconnected. So much, so much unknowns here. Disturbing, especially when talking about children. The strengths of this study include that it is the first to assess the heterologous effects of COVID-19 vaccine in children. The participants are from a well-described cohort, followed up since birth, and the use of longitudinal follow-up with multiple sampling. 
Community transmission of SARS-CoV-2 was low prior to January 2022 in Melbourne. Therefore, children were unlikely to have prior SARS-CoV-2 infections and or waned nucleocapsid antibody response. NCP antibody reactivity allowed the exclusion of children with previous SARS-CoV-2 infection. Instead of relying on parent-reported infection or symptomatic diaries, the use of many stimulants and the measurement of multiple cytokines allowed a broad examination of the immune response. Further, further strengths are the standardized procedures used for blood collection, handling of samples and laboratory assays with which we have considerable experience. Limitations include the inability to include an unvaccinated control group due to ATAGI recommendation for all children aged 5 to 11 years to receive the Pfizer vaccine. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you have a control group? They're basically saying that they forced it on these children, that there were no children that they could have control blood tested on. That doesn't make sense to me. Is that true? Um, I have to pair it with this paper. Uh, I, look, man. Um, I'm... That seems like a cop-out argument that they could not could not get control group blood. Why <laughs> fake control groups were anti-Semitic cannot? <laughs> yes, you know it. Um. Now, 6574 says they knew the risk was one in a million for kids and the dangers associated by this time, and they still chose to administer. Yeah. Yeah. Only way this is an accident is if they hired the guy who made Action Park as their head virologist, or someone like him. Otherwise, this is depopulation. I don't know if it's depopulation yet. I really don't. Um, fuck you up. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I agree with, you know, we've gone through plenty of headlines where we see drops in fertility, etc. Um, it's easy to run off making the wrong assumptions if you don't have the full data set. It may rebound. Pray it rebounds. But then, you know, at what point are you, are you, do you remain passive as they sort of, um, manipulate and do what they do what they want tough question they are always fucking about with kids one way or the other yeah touche bro <laughs> uh like i say the the cop out of they couldn't get control data it was unethical to randomize children into an unvaccinated placebo or delayed vaccination group given the ATAGI recommendation, Pfizer vaccine for the group of interest and that Melbourne was experiencing a surge in COVID-19 cases in their community during the study period. Wow. Wow. Don't have blood bank. And use that blood just to just to test right you just want a baseline control right 
Disturbing. All right. Um, as a pragmatic solution, we designed a trial to use each child as their own comparator before and after vaccination. The large proportion of parents not willing to return for the optional visit of V2182 led to a reduced number of samples available for analysis at this time point. <laughs> what the? The parents had caught on. This was uh, <laughs> this was deification of Moloch. Oh. The participants of this trial were a sample from a larger randomized control in a high-income setting. The generalizability of our results might be affected by the demographics of the participants in the Miss Bear randomized control trial from which participants were drawn. For example, a large proportion had a family history of allergic or atopic disease. Correction for multiple comparisons was done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, these data show that SARS-CoV-2 mRNA-based vaccine alters heterologous immunity in children, that these effects can persist up to six months after vaccination. Whether SARS-CoV-2 mRNA-based vaccines can induce the epigenetic and metabolic changes associated with trained immunity to provide protection against other infectious diseases remains an open question. Yeah, and so they're, they're grasping on... So they've got this dip and then rebound and they're they're clinging on to that rebound as maybe being a good thing mm, i'm i'm less than convinced uh, that SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccination in children could impact immune responses to other pathogens emphasizes the need for further research and consideration of heterologous effects in vaccination policies, given their broad public health implications. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Maple says, imagine this was done with incomplete data. What will happen with kids after free jabs? Well, you have to you have to presume. Well, we'll make the assumption what will happen to these kids is what's been reported in the literature right now, which is two to three jabs in, you get the um, class switching to the allergen type IgG antibodies. But I'm not sure, like, does that, does that completely invalidate like T cell immunity, etc.? I don't know. I don't know. Again, this is sort of way outside my wheelhouse i'm much much more comfortable speaking about brains and children's immunity is so complex man like for the moment i am very very glad that i did not allow my children to be jabbed but i don't know what the environment looks like going forward as we've started to see the sustained you know the Gert van den Bosch hypothesis that it never goes back down to um, baseline with respect to circulating variants and it's possible that in by putting on the selective pressure that you may you may come up with a monster um, in the future that has had a chance to try to find ways around your own immunity plus any interventions that we would try and make and again i'm um, we know that that was a sort of known quantity at the time and 
you know, I, like I say, I wish I was um, more comfortable with figuring out exactly what those interactions mean. Um, for sure, this drop in this figure, um, you, know, you know, I'm not sure that's a good thing. Um, what I don't understand is why they don't show this type of data at the six month period. They they switch to these um, cross correlation matrices. Yeah, there's there's plenty wrong with this paper. The conflicts of interest, just to begin with. I don't know, man. If you'd, if you'd, well, if Sars was ripping through and taking kids out left, right, and center, you might, you might want to say try something, but not, not on the data that they had. This was 2022, beginning of 2022. Um, Maple says, Doc, we've had 150 dead babies in maternities in the first six months of the year, which is catastrophic. Jesus. We also had a new raise in infant mortality and now even have fetuses in the judicial morgue. <clears throat> no shit. No shit. Um... <laughs> Uh, you know, keeping up with the Jihad Science Show, uh, Hibernian <laughs> Blankawalk says, Lord Diddlesworth of the Jim will fix it foundation. Um, yeah, he'll fix everything, right? Um, uh, let's see. Maple says, IgG4 class switch is just one part of the immune response trying to control the poo show. It's damaging up T cells and also innate immune responses. Hyper-focused on the spike LMP, yet never able to control it due to persistent circulation of their agents. It's leading to skewed T cell repertoire and also leading to something resembling immunoparalysis in some people. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. Immune paralysis. I like that. Uh, with immune exhaustion after constant immune activation and also worsening T-cell death and other immune cell death due to overactivation, also triggering various mechanisms of autoimmunity. Mm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can buy that. Um, how long have I been streaming? I'm not sure I've got the voice to do the second paper but we do need to do this uh da, 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 da. no not that one this one reactivated endogenous retroviruses promote protein aggregate spreading so you know in with with what maples is saying there that you, you you've got this immune dysregulation 
then all these endogenous retroviruses, which should be under epigenetic and immune control, can emerge. And again, if if that's well, I, I would put forward the premise. It could be part of a weapon, and it's a very, very sneaky, sneaky weapon. Um, it's very similar to sepsis and other immune dysregulated states. Hmm. Now, what about if... You know, you lose the select the super antigenic sequence. As far as I'm aware, is no longer sort of part of the circulating. It sort of disappeared in Omicron. Does that does that not make it? I mean, you've still got other epitopes of concern. Yep, and not only herbs, herpes virus, HIV itself, and various other viruses are getting reactivated. Yeah, and it's, you know, that's something that we've seen um, with both the pathogen and the medical countermeasure in this instance, which is, again, why it was such a vicious move to deny early treatment, right? It's the, it's the cascading of symptoms that push you into these... Um, complex disease states and you know this what you're looking at on the screen here is literally about it's in the public domain about where we were at in terms of um what we understood what we understand about these neurodegenerative states and we're we're stepping into the big the big unknown and we're we're subject to again the predations of corporations in this instance because the simple fact is if you get shunted into this type of state you're gonna go looking for help and as much as i like to believe that there's a dandelion growing in my garden that can fix these uh these issues in many cases people can't find those solutions and you're you're subject to a um well a, a fleecing at the hands of corporations i was reading a, a tweet today where some dude had um he'd been jabbed I want to say two or three times, caught COVID and then ended up basically having clots all over. And he was talking about the cost of the anticoagulant medication. And it was like half a million dollars in terms of treatments that he was having to get. Now, I wish I'd saved that tweet. I was thinking about putting it, maybe I did put it in my notes, but I was just, I was flabbergasted that you were, you were uh, uh, anticoagulant costs fucking half a million dollars when it's sort of on patent. No fucking shit, man.
I'd be taking fucking aspirin. That's uh. Let's see. Plating bombs in your enemy and then attacking with artillery into that previously ceded territory. They're leveraging the host's infectious burden as soldiers embedded with bioweaponeers, enemy camp population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I that I agree um wholeheartedly on. Right. This this is why the immune dysregulation is so important. I don't I don't think that we can dismiss entirely the uh, the idea that it's just it's just coronavirus because you know search the literature and you know depending on the receptor subtype and the um the strain you can look in the literature and you can find plenty plenty of um suspicions with respect to the role of in, in this instance i've just been interested in oc43 because of the glutamate hypertoxicity um hypothesis and you know i you can run the um amyloidogenic algorithms on the spike protein of oc43 and it has a massive number of hits and what do we see oh uh, a correlation with multiple sclerosis and you know under under normal circumstances maybe and I don't think I was, you know, again, I'm just doing brief searches at the moment because it's, uh, it's data I'm sort of working towards. But I don't, I don't see the, um, the signs that we have with SARS-CoV-2 that seem specifically immune targeted. And the, so actually one of the, Let's do this. Uh, let's do this. And um, there was, you know, as I was looking through, you know, sort of current literature, right? So, you know, we see these. This this is just the comparison of amyloidogenic impact or potential amyloidogenic sequences between SARS-CoV-2 and uh, the vaccines now again i've gone and i i should have done it on yeah can i i don't want to do network searches on my stream stream pc but you know i checked oc43 highly amyloidogenic as well and you know again it comes down to okay you can have a highly amyloidogenic peptide what how does it what's the impact with respect to tissues that it can um interact with um it's pretty well established that all the known coronaviruses have a neuroinvasive potential but again how much do they get in it's viral load etc etc and usually usually the the way that we would be looking at this is parkinson's alzheimer's all those neurodegenerative disorders were end of life conditions right you've you've had your um time on this plane and you've got to you've got to check out somehow and the you know it, it was basically when i was actively involved it was about you know ameliorating the suffering in those 
end of life stages and of course if we could apply it to people who were unfortunate enough to have uh, an early onset um, then it was good to know that we had active research and tools that we could deploy in that environment. Now if we're dealing with a um, surge in um, these neurodegenerative disorders which the currently if we're looking at this data so I ran this so I was getting ready to do that presentation. Um, Alzheimer's disease and dementia is making up a lot of uh, our excess death, plus the impact on circulatory system. And there was, what did I want to find? There was, yeah, this paper. Um, so this sequence, which... I want to say had also been tagged um, earlier. It's unique to SARS-CoV-2 and again um, allows or eases, what do they say? Uh, eases amyloidogenesis of alpha synuclein. And, you know, it's as, as Maples is saying in the chat, there, um, if this is a weapon of war and you want to, it's, it's about these types of effects, long-term impact, incapacitation, um, make it such that it's highly confusing, highly diverse set of symptoms that you have to deal with. And that makes it harder to track back and say, oh, those people are responsible. That, that would have been the thinking. Uh, let's see. If there was a remedy for this mess, who would it even produce it? Um, so in terms of remedy, I would again say, and I've been saying it from the very beginning, which is your best bet with viral chronic infection is to do your best to maintain optimal health. Now, some of you aren't going to um, have a good time of it. But if as a numbers game with respect to attrition, um, the more the more people you have shunted into a uh, healthier lifestyle, I guess, the, the harder it is for those agents to take you out. Now, they can still they can still take you out. Um, I got an update on uh, Japan and uh, the not. COVID measures, just measures of uh, ambulance visited uh, call-outs in which they, they, they would class them as severe events, disorders, that they would, that, that they're being called out for. It's not, um, oh, I broke my toe kicking the coffee table, right? Um, it's, uh, it's more more serious than that and you know like it's of course it's anecdotal but um and there was an there was another i had another ambulance where was i going so we had one where the last few days where uh charles was here we go to pull out of uh, a restaurant and the, the ambulance is coming down the street and i was out at night again just a few days ago where was I going? Anyway, I, I I live in a you know it's it's at the edge of like a big 
metropolis, right? And it's it's essentially sort of countryside. There's not it's not a dense population where I am, right? It's not high rises or anything. It's little houses dotted, and you know they tend to be all um, detached. And I I got at the traffic lights, and I had to pull over because there was an ambulance coming up behind me, and um. You know, that's twice in 10 days or so. And I don't go out that often, right? So make of that what you will. And uh, let me see if I can just find that um, data point. I'm sure I saved it. up to two days ago and we're seeing this sustained um assault on the japanese population now again you could say oh it's an aged population um it's a consequence of vaccines um but there's also um a wave of sars doing the rounds and it's coming out and again it's it's out of season peaks, which I'm not sure what to make. Maybe because everyone is um, inside and wants to be under their air conditioner. I don't know. Um, Habanian Blankowog says the amount of sirens I hear tripled overnight within three months of Vax rollout, and it's been that way since. Yeah, um, uh, Rimo said that she had, it was the same in Tokyo when when that happened and you know again i don't know you can just look at you can take anecdotal data points and that that's all that's all they are but the um something's happening right and i don't um it let's for example let's say that whatever you think the cause of the 1918 influenza pandemic was there was a distinct pattern to it that basically set the model of how we think of um, pandemics. And essentially, it was a sort of 18-month-long merry-go-round till it, it settled down. Again, you have to um, be very, very skeptical of, of that data. I think it's I think it's odd that it's sort of been one of those tropes that's been fed to graduate students that, hey, you're gonna you're gonna every hundred years there's gonna be this super pandemic and uh that's influenza related or influenza like. Um again, I don't I don't know how much I would put weight on their timing and their um, their tropes you do get uh, I don't know concepts laid in stone that are very hard to sort of unwind but you know the, whatever the cause was it peaked there was a sort of follow on wave the following year and then it disappeared and then you know you can whatever you think about the emergence of the uh Parkinsonian like 
what did they call it? Encephalida lethargica. Three, four years after the pandemic. That this this had been noted in the medical literature and had been followed on for a very very long time, and yet here we're seeing something more um, intense. And the well, you know, you could argue that the peaks are spreading further apart here, but J Japan doesn't have the comorbidity burden that Western countries have. So um, but what do you do? Stay, stay at home as much as you can. I don't think it's a case of um shutting your life off forever. Um you know the with respect with respect to the virus itself, oh, stupid chat. Um, like it's the dose that makes the poison, right? So if you can mitigate exposure all the time and and keep the immune system sort of adapting, which is the idea behind vaccination, I guess, then um, and you're fit and healthy, then probably you're going to be okay. Um, you know, I was looking at a uh, good doggy dropped in the uh, the Discord today the uh, the publication from when they'd done the human challenges, and I don't know what it was like. Eighteen to twenty nine year olds were the uh, test demographic in which they did these um, viral challenge tests, and you know they primarily were okay, except they had a lot of um, uh, anosmia, which in my view points to the the start of uh you know a, assault and injury on the central nervous system um but they recovered and got um presumably presumably we don't know um what the follow-on is long term but they don't they don't report any any other long-term symptoms except the loss of smell and maybe because they were under medical supervision and you know, they rested properly and et cetera, et cetera. That was the um, the, the long-term impact was minimized. If you've got someone who has to hold down two jobs, got kids, um, I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> the life is um, a bit of a pressure cooker, so they have a drink at a weekend, their diet isn't optimal then that's sort of setting the the environment much like you're setting Hawaii to set up to burn and fail. So where are we on Mars? Useless or mitigate exposure? So much intense politics around them now. Yeah, and again, um, as a... Um, if you've got to wear, like, the paper surgical masks all day in an office where there's and you're packed in close with other people and you have to do that day after day um it the data now i would say argues that they are of minimal benefit um if you i don't know like if i was going down into the london underground 
and you know i just had to do it the once and um <laughs> the and it was rush hour and i'm normally the rest of the time i spend my days strolling the country lanes of the cotswolds for example maybe i'd think about making sure that i had some degree of limiting the uh the exposure right now because again i don't i don't think we fully comprehend what it is that we're dealing with this data on the screen we haven't seen data like this before so um i don't know I, i'm you've got to find your way through this and me personally i think kids going to school and building that robust immunity is important hang on um Uh, masks end up becoming reservoirs for all pathogens and worsen the issues. Remember the vegan effect. Yeah, um, like I say, I'm not. I'm not sure it's a long-term solution. Um, the like I say, if if you're going in somewhere that's like high risk, maybe you want to have like one in your bag, maybe. Um, if it's around your house and what have you, mm, I, I'm not so sure that the, it's not a um, viable solution compared to, say, proper HVAC and sterilization of air, which could be done easily, I think. Um, well, I say easily. If you're in a bus, open the window. Yeah, yeah. Um, do not comply to the NWO lockdowns. Yeah, look, I'm. Um, you you've got to do everything in your power to stop this overreach from corporations that are looking to take your sovereignty away. You've also got to make sure that you don't get taken out by the weapons that they've deployed. And again, the, part of that is a lot of that is your lifestyle and making sure that you're in a healthy and optimal state as possible and that that involves many many metrics not just supplements but also your um social your spiritual whatever whatever um elements of your life that you feel could need work um would you attend a full conference kev um nah just <laughs> Fuck that noise. I ain't going anywhere near the public right now. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm happy where I am. Look, I, I don't mind people coming to visit. Uh that's that's fine by me. But um I don't I don't need to be around people. I don't miss it. And so uh <laughs> other people can go do that. I'm happy. I'm happy here. Thank you very much, PMC. Um but I would I would probably say that regardless of if there was COVID or not. I want to I want to be a uh, grumpy old curmudgeon shutting me house and uh, <laughs> shaking my fist at the world. It's like that Simpson bit where that old man is. It's uh, <laughs> in the old folks' home, and they just walk up to the edge of the grass. <laughs> oh, I need to go sleep. <laughs> I need to go lay down.
See, Maple says, if you're in a crowd, look at where air is circulating more. You don't need expensive stuff to deal with it. Remember 2020? What did they do? They closed parks, beaches, national parks, etc. Made people use masks and then put everyone in closed spaces like chickens. All of this made things worse. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I don't think you have to worry about your uh, bike ride or um, stroll down the beach. It's those of you poor bastards that have to do, that are locked into... Um, filing cabinet like office spaces and have to go round um with respect to um, public transport in underground tunnels etc etc um and japanese data right now is indicating that there's a something is going on it might not even be COVID in this case. Might be, might be the um, endogenous retroviruses. Well, what is it? Maple's called it. Um, it now. Looking in the wrong tab. Um, masks work if you're a golden hamster. Um, maybe. Uh, let's see. Infinite Density says there's a ton of music festivals during the summer. Remember that just a couple of weeks ago, everyone on Instagram was at some kind of concert. Maybe. Um, let's see. Maple says they pump fear and all this together impacted the immune system of the population to worsen outcomes. Yeah, and this is um, this is what I would looking. You know, when hindsight is twenty twenty. They knew exactly the levers and buttons to press to make sure that they achieved optimal impact, maximal impact, I would say. And um, uh, Dr. Ev, you, the guest you had on a couple of days ago was talking about antihistamines making a big difference in the short term. Any idea if such a measure would help long-term neurological issues? Uh, well... I've seen um, attempts at studies looking at, you know, where you look at epidemiological large population studies and does taking the antihistamines have an impact on these disorders? And my hazy recollection is that I don't remember. The, the only thing I remember really having an impact was nicotine. Nicotine seemed to be neuroprotective somewhat. But um, it's an easy um, question to... Uh, we'll ask ChatGPT. Does taking antihistamines... Oh, I need a new keyboard. I've got so many sticky keys. Does taking antihistamines long-term have beneficial effects on neuro... Generation. Uh, some studies suggested, particularly those that can cross the blood brain barrier, may have neuroprotective effects. Hmm. I mean, there's physiological uh, basis for that effect. Um, Uh, 
What about what about the other ones? Should I be taking formatidin? <laughs> uh, yeah, randomized control trials are still needed to establish. Yeah, it would be premature to recommend the long-term use of antihistamines. Now, look, I, um, if you're if you're in this neurodegenerative, in inflammatory state, neuroinflammatory state, um, you know, like your first your first port of call is like metabolic and dietary uh, interventions you know the the all-encompassing ketogenic paleolithic diet maybe cut out the sugar um, all the all the things that we know are inflammatory are probably the first thing to be looking at um, Let's see, uh, who was that? I smoke a cigar in bed every night before falling asleep. It's by far the best sleep quality I've ever had in my life. Um, let's see, he said that post-COVID neuropathy wouldn't stop with opioids or other meds, but did stop with antihistamines. Um... Are you talking about Dr. McMillan? Maybe. Again, it's it's one of these things that I'm just, um, I'm not sure how much, you know, but what, do, what would you want in, like, for symptomatic relief? Oh, um, Chetty. I think you're talking about Dr. Chetty, right? The Indian guy. Um, yes. He, he, that was his uh that was his um diagnosis and i would be very very interested in um talking to him some more as well as the uh what was his name um the guy from pakistan manai um he he seemed very uh very clued in to um the potential role for amyloids and so I think I think there could be a very constructive discussion to be had with him. Um, let's see. Whiskey Horn Alta says I lost two friends to boosters, heart attacks, both are triathletes. Yeah, yeah, and that that seems to be a a, a constant, not a constant, but a it's people who are pushing themselves are hitting this wall and finding out that there's there are these. Um, I was, <laughs> if they're not unpredicted is the wrong word but there there has been some change damage done to their system whether by virus or countermeasure that when they push themselves to what they would what they know that they could do suddenly we're seeing people face plant etc and you're um you're seeing the news reports and you know it's happening to young kids etc cetera, etc cetera. And, and and pushing yourself to that limit where you know the systems are working very hard if you know some things you've got sand in the gears as it were then the chances of something happening are um are lowered um but then that's again if you're looking at an incapacitation agent that's what you want right you want to be able to take out those that are going to be forced to exert themselves and again i'll 
I can tell you, relay the anecdote that when I went to Hiroshima with Charles, so we sat there, he was contacted by Major Murphy. Two Marines in one week went down with basically cardiac-related uh, issues. And um, that never, ever happened before. And um, are we seeing a tsunami of people going over? Not really. We've, we're seeing excess death, 10 20% non-COVID-related that we should be looking at very, very carefully. Um, and again, the, uh, the this data from CDC um, tells us where those deaths are happening, right? It's happening in Alzheimer's and dementia. It's not um, influenza and pneumonias. So John Cullen can suck a big fat one, right? Um, the majority is hypertensive diseases, cerebrovascular diseases, malignant neoplasms is you know, relatively high, and Alzheimer's disease and dementia. Now, again, I don't know how much you want to trust CDC. There's this data from um, ONS, and you know the, <laughs> the fact the fact that we're seeing all this excess death in 2022, 2023, yeah, and and in the young, that's again that's indicative of something major happened that they pulled the trigger on something and I don't know how you go to 17% 16.9 17 17% increase in all cause mortality in essentially fit and healthy males aged 50 to 64 <laughs> Well, I have an idea of what's doing it, but um, this this data was holding till June of this year. Sixteen point nine, sixteen point four percent. Holy shit! Males, thirty percent increase in May. Zero to twenty-four years old. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Um, pilot shortages, yeah, and, and again, you know, I had a whole bunch of stories that I wanted to get through, but I wanted to focus on the the papers at hand. I wish I wish I could be more uh, conclusive about this uh, this paper that um, came across my desk today. And for sure, for sure, there are signaling changes in the. Uh, in the vaccine recipients and this paper is basically trying to say ah well after six months it's a good thing um i'm not so sure i'm not so sure and opportunistic pathogens are something that um is one of those edge case markers that we have to be looking out for and i'm uh, you know <laughs> this this data argues uh, very strongly for a uh, depop type uh, hypothesis, but then you know I'm I struggle to imagine that they could maintain this effect over more than what we're seeing right now. Like three years in, five years, maybe. But then you know we're watching them 
argue right now for more more gene transfection, more masking, more everything. And again, that's all the toxic mix that you, you've got to mitigate yourself right now. And I don't know, you can, you can go and listen to Tosspot like Gigaspiral and think that this, all this red is a consequence of Paul Cottrell of myself quant trading when SARS broke out, I think there's something far, far more massive going on with a far, far bigger imprint on uh, on society and its function that can be explained by any like like the spurging out of a weed field <laughs> shit for brains um, conspiracy freak, right? <laughs> Something's got to explain this, and of course the the You, of course, you would look at the medical countermeasures that they've taken that uh, that evolve over time. But then you've also got to take into account, well, OK, what are those medical countermeasures doing that can have this sustained effect months to years out in time? And then you get into the disease mechanisms itself and you fall into the bucket of uh, amyloidogenic uh, processes that are ongoing. Look, the old the old fuckers are doing all right right now. <laughs> it's the young. Um, uh, maternity deaths away up here to death in childbirth had all but disappeared until twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, man. I know. I think I had uh, wasn't it Guardian article. Hmm. maybe in my notes uh. <laughs> oh man that's still such a funny mean <laughs> let's let's see if i can uh, yeah, i don't see it I don't know, man. I churned through so many, so many tabs. I'm pretty sure it was a Guardian article. Chinese uh, one biolabs. Guardian, Guardian, Guardian. And I don't know if I haven't power cuts and what have you. I might have lost it, but yeah. In th th we've seen plenty of data that would say that there's been some impact on births and uh, what's this? Have I missed this? Post-acute sequelae of COVID. So this is new. So another one I wanted to get to. <laughs> I kind of keep up. Um, what do they say? Da, 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 da. The increased risk of death was not significant beyond six months after infection among non-hospitalized, but remained significantly elevated through the two years in hospitalized individuals. 
Within the 80 pre-specified sequelae, 69% and 35% of them became not significant at two years after infection among non-hospitalized and hospitalized individuals, respectively. Cumulatively, at two years, PASC contributed 80.4 and 642.8 disability-adjusted life years per thousand persons among non-hospitalized and hospitalized individuals, and of the cumulative two-year dailies in non-hospitalized and hospitalized were from the second year. Mm. In sum, while risks of many sequelae declined two years after infection, the substantial cumulative burden of health loss due to PASC calls for attention to the care needs of people with long-term health effects due to SARS-CoV-2 infection. And again, so I would look at, at something like this. Two years after initial exposure, whatever whatever the route, right? Virus, gene transfection are part of the same weapons package, okay? That have caused long-term harms, and oh, suddenly, suddenly at the two-year mark, we're seeing this this increase in the young, those that are essentially forced to go out, and you know they've got to earn a living, right? They haven't they haven't managed to get on the um, the housing ladder yet. They've got to pay rent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't know. <laughs> you looking in the UK? You're looking at a thirty percent increase in young males dying. Well, you know, maybe a whole bunch of them went for yahoos in uh, Ukraine and didn't come back. Maybe, maybe. Um, Lish Rate Life says, "Remember when Deagle predicted such a reduced population? I wondered how that would happen. Now I think I know." Um, yeah, again, I don't know what to make of Deagle. Um, I know that it existed. I remember talking about it at the when I first started streaming. Um, let's see. Bill Clinton says, I'm pretty confident my cousin who got long COVID has a brain pituitary tumor from it. Oh, they've diagnosed a brain pituitary tumor? That sucks. I mean, it's one of, the, it's one of those tumors, though, that they can get if they get in early enough. Um, but uh, it sucks afterwards. <laughs> you don't want, you want your paturity grand. Um, let's see. Sad. I'm glad I had four kids before all this started. Yeah, man. I wish I'd had number four. I really do. Oh, I wish we, I wish we hadn't lost him. I should say. Uh, They write about it in their books and speak openly about it in their lectures, but no one believe it could be true. Yeah, look, man, when when they're telling you they want reduced carbon, you're the carbon. Mark Crispin Miller has been doing a great job personalizing the died suddenly. Let's have a look. I don't know if I'm subscribed to this, but, um, you know, we're losing... Data is telling us we're losing a lot of people. Now, you could look at U.S. data and it's normalizing right now. But again, um, it's where the deaths are happening. And if it's happening in the younger cohorts or people are being taken out via um, things like long COVID, um, we still have a problem on our hands. 
just one week of uh does it by the week yeah i've seen this uh website before but um <laughs> oh dear oh dear um But the data is there. Um, and again, I'd, you know, what's the... I don't have a magic wand to, to say, make it go away. Um, the... <laughs> How does someone just die suddenly in the middle of a motorway? What's that one? Spain. <laughs> what? It's, does does uh, death by a uh, police officer count? Well, it's, I don't... That's an unfortunate place to die. Well, at least if you die suddenly on the edge of the motorway, someone someone will probably call the authorities. <laughs> um, let's see. 500 million living in balance with nature. Well, yeah, that, that means 500 million acting as um, servants and playthings for the predator class. Uh, let Lickspittle, uh, if you're listening to me, you ain't part of the super predator class. My advice to you right now is get into the cracks, wait to see what their moves are. You can see that they mean harm, okay? And then crawl out the fucking rubble and go fuck them up. That's what I would do, what I'm trying to do. Uh, you know things are bad when CDC stops adding new data to its adverse reaction system. Yes, yeah. Again, all um, all the indicators that you are in a, a different world right now. You're not you're not stepping back to pre-pandemic. I don't know, um, lazy, you know, life's a dream type reality. Okay, world has changed like it changed after 9-11 and it's probably the same groups who are involved in pushing the world in this direction. And I'm I've got my suspicions as to who it is. And like you say, they tell you up front what it is that they're doing. Think how much of the managerial class who are doing those presentations about how we've got to reduce carbon footprints, etc., haven't made the cognitive leap yet to the fact that they're part of this, I don't know, this culling process, this management, management of populations. Men must be governed! Uh, Doc, you ever thought what happens in the afterlife? Is there any bad juju for groups causing all these damage? Um, I like to think so. Um, I do tend to personify the um the metaphysical existence to what i was brought up with which is some sort of uh christian view that you know you your crimes on this plane get punished in the next and i like i like to think that's the case maybe maybe it's not maybe it's just you know at a Look, when when a ecosystem complex system is doing its thing 
and a uh, I don't know a elephant comes along and essentially eats and destroys a whole bunch of forest what have you but in that's a sort of catastrophe for that bit of forest and it may be that in this reality construct that this sort of manipulation or turning i say well however you want to think of it change from one state to a next at a from a higher dimensional level doesn't account to that much it's just the normal dynamics of a system these complex systems going through change and that change is what we're seeing right now and um uh, they're now telling brits to not use their heaters at night no shit uh you, you know that would just rack up the uh the dead <laughs> people can't eat properly people can't keep warm yada 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 right again sustained attrition against the the lower classes it's the lower classes that will take the brunt that is taking the brunt right now and nature just did the job in florida but that's natural yeah look you'll have a whole bunch of people say that that um that storm was directed energy weapons etc etc um i said at the beginning look we had we had a storm stronger than that just hit japan a few weeks ago and japan barely flinched uh yet in the u.s it causes all manner of um uh chaos and problems um and you know the again i think i'm gonna have to wrap it up i haven't got to uh no this one retroviruses i started reading this one if you want to go back to part two i will try and get to this because i think it's important that with immune dysregulation comes reactivation of these amyloidogenic causing events and um it's important to understand them as much as uh, as much as possible uh let's see mass dumping at fukushima is all energy going into north pacific uh question what natural is yes um all right uh let me just see if anyone uh supported the doc uh beyond the ones that i did uh say the beginning i know yana did Ormando. um anyone else uh oh yeah uh i want to say thank you to this is very yes uh thank you to more damn beans and uh gina thank you thank you thank you much much appreciated um i will be back uh maybe even later today like i say i've had a i've had a few days where i've just been well and um, i don't know my body clock is all messed up on it's 5 a.m. I'll get the kids to school and maybe I'll do another stream where I try and get to this this paper because I want to I want to make sure that I've gone through it and just we have it in um, stream format so that people can at least go and listen to it. I'll put the link here as well if you want to read it and um, find this. Do this. Um, 
I'm going to call it quits for the night and, uh, yeah, get ready for the kids to go to school. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Much, much appreciated. I will see you in the next one. God bless. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You huh? do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for most taking a fucking wait. vaccine. Wait, wait, wait. Why is my outro messed up? That should just... That should just... Do... Let me try again. Bro, you don't know how... Ah. What's... What, 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 what? Oh. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for most taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these gaffers. I will fucking kill each fucking gaffer. I swear. <laughs> this is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually saying. Fuck these gaffers. No fucking vaccine or ever.